The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52 to... Everyone and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Crumpetich. Whammo! Yeah! <laughs> nice. nice. I like that. <laughs> I'm feeling it. All right, this week on the show, we're going to talk about the emergence of Bismack Biombo on the team and what that means for the guys behind him on the depth chart now. After that, we'll do some game recaps. Last week, we played the Mavericks, the Pacers, and the Jazz. After that, we'll preview next week's games, where we have the Jazz again, the Wolves, and the Spurs. Shoutouts would be in order, but our bet question was about DeAndre Ayton, and he didn't play. So just to make it fair for everyone, there's no shout out this week sorry wow. <laughs> actually everybody gets a shout out that's right everyone gets a shout out at comic evangelist at sundress dunks at josh cran on twitter you can all have shout outs <laughs> the big three. Uh, anyone else i know there's others but yeah tweet at us if you want a shout out we'll just give you one yep <laughs> you deserve it and we owe it to you that's all right. exactly right okay so as of late it has been an absolute blast watching Bismack Biombo play basketball for the Suns. A lot of people are saying that GM James Jones is a genius by getting him in there. But man, the way that Biombo came back and the decisions he made to take some time off and then waited for the right offer to come around, it's kind of crazy how well that's been paying off for him as well as us as a team. Yeah, and we should say that James Jones had a contract extension yes. very recently. Yes. I'm sure the Biombo signing had something to do with that. Didn't hurt. It <laughs> Just, didn't hurt. Yeah. Um, yes, but it is very exciting for Bismack Biombo. I mean, he's got kind of the life that I think most of us would really enjoy. I mean, he's been through some difficulties, don't get me wrong. But like to come back, have your pick at who you want to play for and you say yeah i'll go to a championship favorite that sounds good like it worked out pretty well for him oh just a hundred percent and the fact that we've been a little banged up since the initial signing like how ayton's been out recently he's just been able to fit in so well and also has begun to maybe even take some minutes away from javel we know that javel can't go out there and put up 35 minutes when Aiton's out. 
So we, we knew that that would happen a little bit, but I mean, even late in games, Biombo has been out there. Yeah. And he just knows how to get to the rim. I mean, the joke is that anyone could play center with Chris Paul as the point guard and score a couple buckets. I don't think it's quite that <laughs> simple, but yeah, Biombo just knows, okay, this is what Chris Paul does. If I go to the rim, I'm going to score. Oh yeah, and it's it's not just that. Obviously, the defense is yeah, defense has been so good, good. so Energy. good. Rebounding, offensive rebounding, especially he's he's on the glass at all times, and that's what we need, honestly. And uh, Javale, who's been getting in foul trouble quite a bit with these extended minutes, so it's very necessary for Bismack to be out there and uh, you know rack up those minutes and then still play to a level where. It looks like he he didn't even take any time away from the league. The guy looks like he's in great shape. Uh, everything looks pretty darn smooth for him. I mean, we've seen some some baby hooks uh, yeah. on the baseline, yeah. both sides, both hands. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got some decently soft touch around the rim, and uh, so aside from being a rim runner, he can uh, get it done. I mean, he if he can establish himself in the paint like I saw him do a couple times this last week, that's easy buckets. Yeah. There was a move against the Jazz in that most recent game at time of recording that he was on the low block and he felt the double team come and he rolled away from the basket and had just a little hook shot with just the slightest fade and it was money. It was perfect. So that's nice that we have someone who can, you know, still have a lot of court awareness and still play at a pretty high level, even though he's been out of the game for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. And in this Mavericks game, the guy has five assists. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what his career high for assists is, but that's impressive. My guess would be five. Yeah, I'd (laughs) maybe put a few bucks on that. Yeah. But just... I think that speaks so much to the team and the offense that we're playing and just uh, making the right decisions. If everybody's moving, cutting to the basket, someone's going to end up open and even Bismack Biombo might find you with an assist. Yeah, that's right. And this team is very good at moving without the ball. Oh, yeah. I Over these last three games, I've seen many beautiful back cuts for just uh, buckets right at the rim. And even Booker, I mean, he even caught a couple guys on some back cuts. So everybody's doing it. Everybody. Yeah, it's been so nice. All right. So with this, Bismack, obviously, I'm interested to see in the future if he carves out any minutes from a Sun Center rotation when Aiton's fully healthy and not in foul trouble. Do you think there will ever be situations where we decide to go Biombo over McGee? Probably not. I mean, maybe if we're on like the second night of a back-to-back or something like that, but I still think McGee is the unanimous second-string center. I think so, too. The the only thing that I could see is if Biombo can maybe move his feet a little better out on the perimeter when we when we get someone bailed out there on a screen, you know? Yeah. If we switch something and then we got JaVale up at the top of the key trying to guard a ball handler, uh, that's a 
nearly a free pass to the rim without a rim defender there afterwards. Correct. So can can Busy stay in front of him a little better? That I don't know. I, I guess that would be the, the one thing where I'd say, all right, we got to have Busy out there to move his feet on the outside. Otherwise, I, I go JaVale every time. Yeah, but still good to have. I mean, we know JaVale likes to play pretty aggressively. He's going to get into foul, foul trouble sometimes, so good option to have. Okay, so we have Aiton, we have McGee, we have Biombo. After that, we have Jalen Smith. After that, we have two injured guys, Dario Saric, Frank Kaminsky. Who are both? Who, they could both potentially come back and play this year. Dario later than Frank, but something to consider. I am finally on board to tra- to trade Jalen Smith. Uh, see, I even stuttered saying that because it's <laughs> the first time I've ever said it. Yeah. But right now, I think uh, he's been completely out of the rotation, even with Aiton sidelined. Uh, Biombo obviously getting those minutes. And then uh, it doesn't seem like we want to play him at the four right now. Seems like that's a like Ish Wainwright will come in and play the four before Sticks gets the chance to, which is a little surprising to me. So I agree. I agree. I mean, I think Jalen Smith's trade value is as high as it's going to get with the deadline within sight at this point. We still have some time, but it's at least within sight. Um, I just think that it's probably best to keep him on the bench. He's done enough to show that he can actually play. And if we can get really anything back for him, that would be fine. So what do you mean by anything? I mean... Like, yeah, I think I'm a bit more liberal on this than you are. Like, I mean literally anything. Oh, Because he's just sitting there. Like, he's not doing anything. So, yeah, sure. We don't really need another center. We don't really need another wing. Like, I get that. But I just don't think we're going to be able to be that picky. And if it's a second-round pick, okay, I'll take that. If it's – yeah, like, I would take literally anything at this point. Okay. See, I'm thinking a little sexier here, Mitch. I'm thinking we add in Dario. Okay. Or, you know, add in a little more salary so maybe we can bring someone back in that'll actually help the team down the stretch. Okay, that's interesting. Okay, could you maybe get on board with that a little bit more, you know? Like, I suppose, uh, yeah. I mean, it's hard because I like Dario, and I think what has happened to him has been really unfortunate. True. But, I mean, it's it's a business. You know that they're looking it is. this. Yeah, and uh, and as good of guys that Monty Williams and James Jones seem to be, and I mean, I have nothing to state that they aren't really great guys, but I think they are really good guys. Just yeah. I'll leave it there. Uh, would they do something like that to Dario at this point? That's a really good thing to bring up. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say. I know, because if if we're in it for a championship, do you trade the guy who might be able to play in the playoffs, who hasn't played in almost a year by then? Well, not quite, but uh, the better part of a year, he hasn't even got the chance to play. 
is he going to be able to make that big of an impact in that short of a period of time when the games mean the most? This yeah, is, and who's who's going to be too interested in Dario too? Is is the thing? I mean, right. Jalen Smith, we declined that option, so I mean, you're not guaranteed him next year if you trade for him. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that. And then a guy like Dario, uh, he's not playing until the playoffs. Some of these teams that we might be looking to trade with aren't even playoff teams, so right. he'll be completely useless this year. Um, man, it's tough. And then, like, would you trade Jay Crowder to make to get a big upgrade somewhere? No, that's definitely Probably. somewhere where I draw the line. So yeah. it might be tough, or, but or. This this is going to be really unpopular, but we've talked about this. In the future, we probably aren't going to be able to keep Mikhail and Cam Johnson. Oh. So is there something out there that's worth, and it's painful to even say this, but that's worth trading Cam Johnson and Jalen Smith for? Oh. Now it just got real. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could yet. I yeah. That'd have to be an off-season move. You, you, we got to yeah. keep Cam throughout this year. He's been. I agree. I completely uh, agree. I mean, I would love to make it work where we can keep both of those guys. I just think they're too good, and they're gonna earn. They're gonna demand, not demand from the team, but their play is going to demand too much money than we'll be able to afford. Yeah, that that's gonna be a a slippery slope there. And as mm-hmm. soon as and like. We're still waiting on that Aiton news. We're going to yeah. see something happen this off season and yep. Then everything will start all the cards will be uh dealt then pretty much we'll That's true. what happens. That's true. But like I'm ta- I'm thinking about you know, we can afford to throw in a first round pick nowadays because if yes. we're going to be this good a, a late first, I mean, yeah, it's a good deal, a good contract and maybe you can hit who knows though? Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm one thousand percent more willing to trade a first nowadays, I'll tell oh, you. Oh yeah. Who do the Thunder have that we might be at all interested in? Because <laughs> you know how they are with first round picks. I know. Uh bring Ty Jerome back. Just kidding. <laughs> no. No, I really don't know if anyone would be a huge help. Uh, right. Like they they've been talking. I think is Mike Muscala there? That's, I think so. That sounds right. He's yeah. a great shooter for a big man, but we don't need that. Right. Uh. Man, I'm I'm just thinking. Like I don't think they have any veteran pieces at all on the whole roster. Uh, like no. Gilgis Alexander is really good, but yeah, that's unreachable for sure. No, they're not going to trade him for our first round pick. Hey. What about Lou Dort, though? Oh, Lou Dort, yeah. I don't know I wonder what the asking price for him is. That'd be that'd yeah. be something. I'd, I would think about Jalen Smith, and uh, it's when I say it out loud, I'm like, ooh. But Jalen Smith in our first-round pick for Lou Dort? I'd do that in a heartbeat, actually. Yeah, I, I think I that. would, too. I think I would, too. So I just don't know if they'd be willing to part ways with him. I don't, I don't. They love those first round picks, though. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, it's gonna be pick thirty this year. So, how old is Lou Dort? I know he. 
I bet he's like 26. You guess 26. He is. He's only 22. Yeah, Whoa, I don't. What? I don't know if they're gonna want to get rid of him. Yeah, I thought he. Well, I guess he just went like right from one year of college to the NBA. I felt like he played in college longer. I was gonna guess 24. So we were both shooting high there. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What about a guy like Eric Gordon though? He's been yeah. talked about quite a bit. Do you like? Oh, here's another guy that should be thrown into these trade talks that I'm willing to say, too. The Landry Shamit experience has uh, been a little rough as of yeah, late. Yeah, it has, yeah. And, you know, I've been trying to be patient, waiting for him to come around, but I saw I saw someone say he looks a little like the, the spotlight's a little too big for him out there with like guys like Chris Paul and Devin Booker and playing for the number one seed. I, I don't even know if that's it, but I mean, it's safe to say that he's been struggling all season. Yeah, he has. Yeah, that's an interesting name. I thought you were going to say John Wall. <laughs> oh, John Wall. Yeah. Yeah. Eric Gordon, though, I mean, he, he'd he be a great replacement for Shamit. Uh, he's a, a solid veteran guy. He's been there before. You know they're going to move him. Yeah, the Rockets, I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't been moved already. Yeah. And, I mean, that trade value is pretty high right now. So it seems like that should happen pretty soon. And here's here's a long shot one, too, one that I'd kind of like. What about Goran Dragic? What is he even doing? Yeah, I don't know if he's even hardly playing. Let's yeah. check that out real quick. But That's, I'd love to bring the dragon back. And he's nearing the end of his career. I think it's pretty safe to say he's 35 years old. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like uh, the Knicks are named a potential trade destination for Dragic. So it mm. sounds like maybe he could be on the market. Yeah. Doesn't look like he's played recently. Doesn't look like it's due to injury either. So... That yeah. could be that could be something, and that he could be got for pretty darn cheap. You got to assume. Yeah, I mean, I think it just depends on where the relationship with Sarver is. Basically. Oh wow, I almost forgot about that. That's yeah, a, yeah. I mean, I would love to bring him back, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 really hard to see it happening. That's true. That that's very true. That was. Honestly, kind of foolish for me to say. <laughs> well, well, I, I don't know about that, but I like the guy. Hey, I'm a fan. Yeah, That's no, it. I am too. And I did see a new thing. Baxter Holmes had a new report that the Suns have established a confidential internal, like phone line that they can call just in response to the Sarver investigation. Yeah, and that's like the first thing we've heard since all of this dropped. Right. So. I was I was going to just say, how do you think that's going right about now? I yeah. wonder. Man. I wonder who's listening. Is that is that old Bob Sarver's wife that's listening to that line? <laughs> <laughs> what a mess. Oh, boy. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a uh, I don't know. Who is this back? It's, is it Baxter Holmes? Yeah, he's this reporter that's been covering the whole story. I hadn't I hadn't heard of him before that, mm-hmm. and I like I don't know if he's all that popular in the first place, but 
it feels like this doesn't get much attention. Similar to how the fact that our yeah. entire team, being the best team in the league, doesn't get a ton of attention. Yeah. I, I, I guess, know. you know, I guess I'll take the no attention for this fiasco that's going on behind the scenes. But I right. would appreciate a little bit more of the national media love for the best team in the league. I will say, I I mentioned no dunks talking about this concept, and they actually kind of came around on it, and they did a whole segment on how clutch the Suns are. So nice. That was that was nice. I did listen to that. I haven't been listening to them as much, not because of how they talk about the Suns or anything, but just in general. And uh, yeah, it was nice. They said a lot of really good things about the team. Well, that's great because we're going to talk about one of the most clutch fourth quarters that I've seen in a while. Let's talk yeah. about the game recaps and this Dallas Mavericks game. It was an absolute show in the fourth quarter, 35 to 19. We win by end up winning by eight. And when Chris Paul and Devin Booker are doing that sort of thing, it, it is so fun to watch. And that's, that's my biggest takeaway is the fourth quarter heroics even though it does give me stress for the first three quarters and just hoping that we're going to be able to do it, man, is it fun when it's happening. Yeah, the comeback was so nice. and We were down 13 at one point, and then the fourth quarter starts, and we just have it secured. Like, I don't know. I know it can be stressful. I'm just never worried. Like, even in this jazz game, Like, I know it looked really bad, but I really wasn't worried. And I told my wife, I was like, we're going to win by 10. Like, I was telling her that the whole time. Like, that's just how it goes. The fourth quarter, we just own it. I think Chris Paul, he's like plus 68 in the last five minutes of games. (laughs) (laughs) It's ridiculous. He's so good. Oh, when you get a legitimate laugh out of hearing a statistic, that is so dirty. Yeah. Oh, this is before the jazz game too. So that has probably changed. Oh, I I just enjoy it. I love watching when the, the switch gets flipped and Chris Paul says it's time. I'm going to take over a little bit here. But, I mean, in this one, we had 28 out of Booker, 20 out of Chris Paul. Other two starters in double figures, McHale with 12, Jay Crowder with 13. And then Campaign with 12 off the bench as well. Yeah, just a great game. And we didn't have Aiton, and they had their full squad, right? I don't think they were missing anyone. Uh, I They look pretty healthy from what I can see here. Yeah. I know Luca had been... He's missed a couple games here and there, but he definitely played in this one. So, yeah, he yeah. played 38 minutes. So I don't know if you can make any excuses for uh, like an injury hangover or being sick or anything. 38 right. minutes is a, a long time to be out there. And uh, we held him to nine for 23 shooting, which was very solid. Two for nine from downtown. I will say that Luca does look like he's a. Uh, just kind of in between. It doesn't seem like he's quite back to himself after missing all that time. But I mean, I'm I, 38 minutes. You should be able to. I don't know, man. I is Luca for real? I think he's great, but I don't think he's uh, quite the the superstar that everyone was putting on him. I, I want to see him win more games. To be yeah. honest, 
Yeah, I agree. And I I kind of think similar things about Porzingis. Now, people aren't nearly as high on Porzingis as he right. used to be, obviously. He had a good game. 18 points, 11 rebounds, 7 for 15 shooting, 2 blocks, very efficient. And he looked terrible. Like, that's the worst super efficient game I've ever seen. Yeah. It's interesting. I see that he took nine uh, two-point shots, but it feels like he didn't do anything in the paint. Yeah. Unless he had a little lane to the rim for an open dunk. I mean, we even went small at points in this game. I think we had a few minutes where there was neither Busy or JaVale out on the court. Yeah. Like, Cam Johnson was our tallest guy out there, and it seems like we just knew they weren't going to make us pay for that. Because they're throwing out Kleba and Porzingis. Those guys aren't going to do anything down there. I, I'm more worried about, like, Dwight Powell coming off the bench. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. So, I don't know. The Mavs are just a strange team. And I think you're right. I mean, I just don't really see them getting over the hump. No, it, they, they do. It seems like there are nice pieces there. Like, Brunson's been really coming around, playing some good ball. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I think that we were all we all knew that he was capable of that, but it seems like he's just been shining a little bit more lately. But then Tim Hardaway, I've seen a lot of Mavericks fans complaining about him lately, and mm-hmm. uh, he must be shooting it pretty poorly as of late because, I mean, he was 4 for 10, 3 for 7 from downtown. That's not too bad, but I don't know. It seems like they're in love with Dorian Finney-Smith as a starter for some reason. I don't know why they do that. Uh, I don't know if they just need to put some more pieces around Luca. And how many years is it going to take to uh, get them out of the first round or yeah, like that? Coaching too. I think their coaching situation is so weird. Like, I know Jason Kidd has been okay as a coach this season. Some people have even said, "Oh yeah, he's been good." Like. Who wants Jason Kidd over Rick Carlisle, though? Like, I think most people are going to choose Rick Car- Rick Carlisle every time. I think so, too. I'm still a little shocked by that decision as well. Yeah. We will see, though. I mean, he's so young still, Luca. So yeah. there's, a, oh, there's yeah. a lot of time. But let's face the facts. We've beat them nine times in a row now. Nine times in a row. Yeah. And I, I want to say... The last three of the wins, they were up at least five points heading into the fourth quarter. So we have just, uh, we've done this to them in the fourth frequently, honestly. Yeah. You want to hear something really weird? (laughs) What? The last time the Mavs beat us was before the pandemic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's been a long pandemic. (laughs) Uh, uh, even longer one for Mavs fans yeah that's right yeah they have to deal with all of this and losing to the Suns all the time (laughs) all right let's move it on though uh the Pacers game next we win this one by 10 113 to 103 and literally the whole starting lineup for the Pacers was out uh maybe Justin Holiday starts normally sometimes but I mean, they have Turner, Sabonis, Warren, Brogdon, uh, Levert. Levert was Levert out. Starts. Yeah, he's out. 
And then even their bench, like TJ McConnell out. These guys are just decimated by injuries, but like we saw these we saw these guys beat the Warriors and then they hung tight with us throughout this game. So yeah. good on them. Good on them. Yep. Lance Stevenson had 17 points. I keep telling friend of the show, Josh, at Josh Cran on Twitter, Josh Cranwater, the man who needs no introduction, but it gets a really long one anyway. I keep telling him, Lance is the key. The Pacers need to play Lance more. And he keeps saying, oh, you're stupid. You don't even. And I'm like, it's a joke, Josh. Take a joke. But he did play. And the stats that, I mean, numbers don't lie. Seriously. 17 points in 17 minutes. So, like, what do you have to say about that, Josh? Yeah. Lance will make him dance, Josh. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but this one, a, a fun leading scorer, Mikhail Bridges having a night. 10 for 15 from the floor for 23 points. Yeah, I mean, we needed it. Booker had – he laid an egg. It was awful. Five right. for 23 shooting. Yeah, it seems like whenever Mikhail has the big game, it's because Booker had a bad one. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's good for Mikhail, but not so good for Mikhail because if that's what you got to rely on to have your big nights, that kind of sucks because you're not going to have very many big nights. There's not going to be many. That's true. But uh, really happy to see Mikhail get going like that. And then, yeah, D Book, 5 for 23 from the floor, 0 for 6 from downtown. Pretty tough. Only 11 for him in this game. Not good, definitely. But, you know, Chris Paul did his thing again. 16 assists in this one, which was really nice. And this is the one where both Crowder and Payne go down with uh, offhand wrist injuries. Yeah. So it was Cam Payne's right wrist, Jay Crowder's left wrist, uh, Jay's was just a bruise, which is good. He'll be back a little quicker than Cam, but it sounds like Cam's going to be out two weeks. And in this game, we saw Chris Paul play almost 41 minutes. And then the next one in the Jazz game, he played 40 and 40 and a half minutes. So, uh, yeah, that's not Alfred, sustainable. <laughs> it's time, Alfred. Yes, make us proud. I have your jersey, Alfred. I bought it in your first stint here. And don't make me think of it as a mistake. We have a subreddit for you. We have a subreddit. R slash Alfred Payton's hair. Check it out. (laughs) Uh, But again, who was our third string point guard two years ago? Uh... Rubio was the starter, and then it was uh, was it Ty Jerome? That might be right. What I'm getting at is, it's nice to have Alfred Payton there. Say what yeah. you want about him, but just like another busy Biombo, a great option to have that you don't need all the time, but when it's time, he's gonna be ready. And, right. you know, Eddie Johnson says that about him every time. And I agree. I mean, yeah. the dude's a pro. He's not a great shooter, but that's really the only thing he kind of lacks at. So don't expect him to go out there and be draining threes like Chris and Cam, but he does the job a backup point guard needs to. Yeah, and we don't need him to score. 
even if he just comes in and plays good defense and doesn't turn the ball over, that'll work. That's all we need. Yeah. And, and he does a great job getting to the bucket. I will like, yes, he's he does. very good for his size to get to the bucket and uh, maybe get to the line or just get a, get a layup. I mean, we need that just like what cam brings uh, a little something like that. Alfred shines at too. That's very true. Yeah. And he just has to be careful just like cam can't be a too reckless. Alfred's definitely less reckless than cam, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're not going to say, wow, why did Alfred Payton shoot that three more than once in a week? Right. I don't think you'll say that. Yeah, maybe once in a week you'd say that. But uh, Cam, you'll hear that a little more often, you know? Yeah, but, you will. That's true. Yeah, Alfred Payton, nice and steady there. I think we'll uh, – this might be the guy that we miss the least out of our main rotation, out of our backups at yeah. least. So. Payne's been more erratic than usual this year. And that's saying something. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All right, let's get to the next game, though. And like the Pacers game, the Jazz uh, were without most of their guys. No Bogdanovich, Conley, Gobert, or Mitchell. So that's pretty much a starting five right there. Yeah. I mean, we... We came into this game thinking we were going to win by 50, and you can't do that. And Eddie Johnson harps on this constantly, and he's going to continue until it changes. We can't go in thinking we're going to win by 50 ever. No, it's very true. And these guys, they're all really good basketball players. I mean, it's really crazy to think of like the, the difference between LeBron James and... Uh, Trent Forrest. Yeah. We'll say Trent Forrest. But then the difference between Trent Forrest and then a guy who played four years at a D2 college, like the difference between that is insane. Yes. These, these guys are all so good compared to what most of us have even been able to match up against while we played when we were, you know, kids back in the day. It, it's just crazy. And yeah. They were still throwing pros out there. I mean, Rudy Gay, Whiteside, Clarkson, Daniel House even. Those yeah. guys are all, you know, they've they've been here. They've done that. They know how to play basketball. And they gave us a run for our money. Yeah. It makes me think about – I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Back when I was in grad school, I would go and play pickup at just like the ASU gym. And usually – most guys were around the same level. Sure, some are in a little bit better shape than others, but just about anyone who walks in there can hang to a certain extent. One time I went in, and there were some guys who had, like, played college basketball before. And, like, we got destroyed. I remember, like, I was used to usually being, like, the biggest guy in the court. I could post up, or if I drove the lane, guys might just get out of my way, or they might contest, and I'd just shoot it over them. I tried and I got swatted like out of the gym. Like those guys were so significantly better than everyone else. And it was obvious. It's just like that, you know? Yep. Even if you're, uh, I'd say, unless you're playing at like one of those Nike camps when you're a high schooler, uh, there's always going to be someone better than you out there. Yeah. 
there's you're not that good i wish i could have told myself that back in high school too (laughs) bro you're not that good don't take yourself so seriously (laughs) but yeah it's the same thing like all of these guys are just at such a high level and yeah you can't take any of them lightly even though i've never heard of trent forrest before and he shot eight for 12 in an nba game yeah that's uh that's insane 17 points for him and like he, imagine him going in there and realizing that Mikhail Bridges is going to end up guarding him for a good chunk of the game because he's the leading scorer. But he wasn't right. expecting that, you know? Yeah. What do you do? You think guys, when they see the Suns on the schedule and you know their star is like, oh no, it's Mikhail. Do you think they think that? That's a great question. I hope so. I mean. They probably look at what he did to Curry in that one game, the first game against the Warriors, and see that he's capable of shutting even Steph down. That is true. Yeah, I I just kind of wonder about that. Guys like uh, Dort and Thibault, you know, they're not huge names in the NBA, but I wonder if they're they're, uh, concerned about going in there and having to get their buckets against guys like that. If anything, I I bet they know it's going to be annoying. Yeah. I'd put money on maybe Kevin Durant just not caring though, because he knows he knows he's going to go get 20 or 25 no matter what. So, right. Yeah. But yeah, I could see a lot of other guys being a little, a little shaken by it. Yeah, definitely. All right. So all in all, we're on a winning streak again. I don't even really want to talk about it because the last one was so crazy, but uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I love watching these guys and the, the fact that there's no giant step down when we lose a guy like Aiton is just kind of mind blowing to me. And I don't know if that's a whole team thing. If it's a Chris Paul thing, if it's a Monty coaching thing, man, whatever it is, this just feels special again. And, I smell yeah. another another uh, deep run. Well, and I'll say there was a point where, you know, Clay came back. I The Warriors were looking really good. I was just like, oh, is this – do we really have a chance to do this again? And then as of the last few games, I'm like, yeah, we have a real chance to do this again. <laughs> Speaking of the Warriors, I saw a really good uh, – little meme about Steph Curry. It it looked like his a uh, his uh, stats, his shooting stats have been looking like tour dates for a band. <laughs> it was oh like boy. 5 for 11, 5 for 17, 6 for 18, 6 for 20. <laughs> it was That's kind of funny. funny. That is funny. <laughs> Enjoy oh. that while we can though because like I've said before, I'm pretty sure that's the best shooter I've ever seen in my life and maybe yeah. that has ever played in the NBA. So, Oh, he is. We he'll know he'll this find one. his way back. He'll find his way back. Anyone who tells you Steph isn't the best shooter ever hasn't watched basketball since, like, 1989. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move it on to next week's games. We start again with the Jazz. Uh, it sounds like they might be a little more healthy. I don't know if everybody's going to be making it back for this one, but you got to assume they'll be throwing out a better lineup this time. 
Yeah, and we have to travel there. We've been on the road so much lately. We come back for two games and then leave again. Come back for, what is it, two more and then go on the road? East Coast? Yeah. So, that's rough. But, yeah, I think... I'm actually pretty confident about this Jazz game. I think we'll recognize, okay, we can't go super easy and we can't assume we're just going to destroy them. We need to go in and play our game and not mess around. And yeah, I think, I think we'll be okay. I'm not too worried about this one. I'm kind of rooting to see the big men both back in this one. I don't know if Gobert yeah. will be back, but sounds like there's a good possibility Aiton could be since he was just uh, upgraded a little bit before the last game. Yeah. So, so maybe we'll see him in this one. And Aiton has traditionally taken it pretty hard at Gobert in yeah. their matchups, which honestly surprises me, uh, especially earlier on in his career when Aiton was a little less aggressive than he is now. Seems like he always just kind of wanted to take it right at Rudy. Yeah. Yeah, he always has. And I think Right at Rudy could be the name of the band that Steph Curry's touring with. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, All right. Fine. After that, the Timberwolves. And the Timberwolves doing all right. I mean, yeah. I, this is a team that I kind of root for just a little bit, you know, Midwest thing. You guys get it if you're from the Midwest when there's the nearest professional team is more than six hours away and you just <laughs> pick the one that's closest to your house. So yeah. that's what I did. But anyways, Timberwolves, Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell, uh, Anthony Edwards. I mean, those guys are fun to watch and it seems like they're trying to put things together a little bit. Yeah, and they are a team that absolutely benefits from this new playoff formatting with the play-in games for the 9 and 10 seeds. I mean, I think they could legit- legitimately be in one of those. They're they're definitely up there. So I would like to see them succeed. I don't have anything against them. I, I think Anthony Edwards is awesome. I love the way he plays. Um, so, yeah, I mean... I'm not worried about this game necessarily. But. No. And uh, I know it's D'Angelo. Not D'Angelo. Uh, it's more fun to say D'Angelo, though. What if it was D'Angelo? Yeah, like, we if you take that apostrophe away. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Um, but speaking of D'Angelo, D'Angelo, um, this relates to our bet question. We have the best friend trio here. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and Devin Booker, all really close friends. Uh, our bet question is, of those three, who will score the most points? And I don't know if it's my turn to go first or not. Uh, I'll take it. Okay. I'm I'm going D-Book. Me too. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Okay, if not, who, who scores the second most between me and you? Towns. Dang it, I was going to say Towns too. Okay, whatever. I'll put you down for D'Angelo. D'Angelo, let's do it. This That's worth half a point for our All right, official one. Okay. <laughs> that will end up obviously meaning nothing, but it'll be okay. You never know. Hey, if uh, that breaks a tie, that'd be fantastic. Actually. Yeah. 
So let us know on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod how who you think will score the most between Devin Booker, Carl Anthony Towns, and D'Angelo Russell. And if you say D'Angelo, that's fine too. We actually prefer it. Okay. <laughs> and the last game of the week will be Sunday night against the Spurs. And ever since they beat us that one time, I think it was two years ago, and they really or was that this year? It was it was last season. Because I remember it was my first game back since yes, yes, the yes. stadium had been renovated and we were excited and I picked the Spurs intentionally because I'm like, easy win, let's go see a win for our first game, and we got destroyed. Yeah, I'm just haunted by that now, so I'm always worried that they're going to spoil whatever kind of fun that we're having as a team. I would like to see Devin Booker go for 50 before getting pulled. He had 48 last time we played the Spurs, and then he got pulled. So, Oh, uh, yeah. That was tough to watch. Yeah. I wanted I mean, him I to get, get that one. 50 bad. Yeah, I did too. I understand why, but, like, I wanted him to get it so bad. Yeah. but I just don't have the same level of respect for Greg Popovich that Monty Williams does. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've had enough pop. So have I. So. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And uh, Murray is so much fun to watch. I think he's a he's a great player. And I feel so bad saying things like, oh, they're wasting him right now. Because that's what we were going through for years and years. Like, yeah. we were just wasting our guys. And you can call it that if you want to call it that. But uh, how long is it going to take that core to get back into the playoffs? And not, not a play-in, like a legitimate playoff you know five seed i i think they're quite a ways off from that i i don't think they have a purdle's okay but aside from that i think they're just kind of weak when it comes to uh the big boys do they have bertons that was a long time ago Mitch. okay was it okay <laughs> <laughs> that's how much i follow the spurs who does davis bertons play for now Man, I'm maybe I'm the dumb one. I gotta look. This no, up no, too. you're right. I, I'm pretty sure you're right. Uh, he's on the Wizards. All okay, right. he's, he's on, on the, the Wizards. Wizards. Now. That's what okay. I was thinking. Okay, that's right. Oh, and they also have Zach Collins, Gozags, who has been hurt. So that is another big boy. But By the way, he's just uh, been hurt for so long. Berton's last season in San Antonio was 1819. Was it really? <laughs> Well, that's how I think of him still. <laughs> that's funny. There's a couple guys that I'm just that way with. I just think of them on a certain team. I can see Bertons in that Spurs uniform. Um, trying to think of another example of this. Like uh, Matt Bonner. Matt Bonner is a Spur for life, yeah. Um, he played for the Raptors. I saw a thing that was like, look at the starting lineups from when Kobe scored 81, and Matt Bonner was playing for the Raptors. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's other examples that <laughs> I just think of them with a certain team, even though maybe they were only there for a year and it was three years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is kind of crazy. Ilyasova. I think of Irsan Ilyasova as a buck. Always. Oh, a thousand percent. And yeah. didn't he get on the jazz last year for a minute or, I think or something did. like that? I think he did. Has he been, is he on a team right now? Like, I don't know. With all these 10 days and all everything I that think was so. going on there, it feels like he should signed. have gotten one. 
I want to say he did. At least a Tunde. Yeah. Uh, I bet he's the only Ursan too, and that will ever play in the NBA. Yeah, probably. 34 years old. Um, yeah, it looks like he last played for the Jazz. Right on. Yeah, and he hasn't played this season, so I guess he didn't get – or maybe he did get uh, signed and he didn't play. You know, when that the whole thing started off and Joe Johnson got signed by the yeah. Celtics, right? I was thinking this was going to be – we were just going to take everybody from the big three. Pretty <laughs> much every 40-ish-year-old guy, maybe a little under 40 – that played in the NBA. I thought it would just be guys like that over and over. I thought there'd be some crazy names getting signed, but Amari. It ended, yeah, like Amari. <laughs> but it ended up being guys that I've legitimately never heard of before. Yeah, right. Even as college players, I had never heard their names or anything. But, man, so many players have come in and out of the NBA this year. That's kind of a crazy stat. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty wild. Oh, and that also reminds me. Did you see the new um, All-Star Game format stuff? No. Oh, it's pretty wild. I'm just looking at the tweet. So, oh, they're changing, like, everything. The NBA has – this is from Shams. The NBA has a new format for rising stars. Oh, I thought this was the whole All-Star Game. Oh, no, no, no. Here it is. NBA has a new format. It's just Rising Stars. Never mind. I thought this was the actual All-Star game. But this is Rising Stars. Anyway, four seven-player teams competing in a three-game tournament and each game having a final target score. So the Elam ending. 28 players, 12 rookies, 12 sophomores, and four G League Ignite players. Huh. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be wild. That's pretty, pretty crazy. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, so I don't know what to say about that. I, I do enjoy that. the the formatting, the the game format like that, where you play to a total or whatever it is. Yeah, that's fun. I can get behind that. Why not? I think it's fun. I mean, we don't do it any other time, so why not? Yeah, that is the time to do it. It sure is. And with that, we will move to the non-sports section of the show, which I am very excited for. We decided we wanted to do something wild. So our non-sports question is, what is the largest animal you could take down? <laughs> and I'll save my answer for last, because I thought of something almost immediately that I think is really solid. Okay. I When we suggested this, I thought of something about the size that I thought I could handle. Yeah. But... Yeah. Uh, I feel like you have some sort of technique that's going to go into this that, <laughs> like, you know how to bring down a bull or something like You're that. You're going to see. It's not okay. as complicated as you think. Okay. I don't My, know how to bring down a bull. Mine's pretty lame. I'm not going to lie. So I think I could handle all dogs. I can handle a dog. I'm a big guy. I'll throw that in. Uh, so 100-pound dog, no problem. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to leave out primates of any sort because yeah, those, those boys are, are strong. Ruthless. Yeah. Those boys are strong. They have no sense of right and wrong. Either. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, yeah. The lack of moral compass, <laughs> they will destroy you and not even think twice. Oh, <laughs> they'll embarrass you. Yeah. I, I'll leave it at that. We don't, I've heard some crazy stories anyways. Yes. 
So I'll leave all of that sort of thing out. Um, so I'm kind of between... I think I could handle a kangaroo, mm. despite how jacked they look. Mm-hmm. I think I could do that. And then maybe like a, a deer. Mm. They're pretty strong. Deer are pretty strong. Yeah. It'd be tough. You might be able to do it. I think if you get the behind the neck yeah. or like a good hold on the antlers and it's not a a, a 30 point book. Uh yeah. <laughs> it can't be it can't have like a crazy rack on it because that would that would mess you up. Yeah, it would. A little, a little 3 by 3 4 by 4 I think I could maybe maybe mm. manage to wrangle it and bring it down. Okay. You're not ready for what I'm about to say. I don't think so either. When when we brought this up and you got so excited, I was like, oh, yeah. Mitch is going to say something way cooler than what Because I, I have something that I think is technically bigger than all of those. Maybe. Okay. okay. Giant tortoise. I think I could take a giant tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think if I just approached it, it would probably go right into its shell. And then I would just like... It'd take one pretty big heave, but I think I could do it, and I could just, like, roll it. Yeah, like a like a tire. Flip yeah. One of those big yep. tires. Yeah. Takes me back. Yep. Giant tortoise is my answer. It's the biggest animal I could take. And some of those things are pretty huge. Okay. Okay. Okay, Mitchell. How about something that could fight back, though? <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um. Well, okay, so right before this, I actually saw a video of a guy fighting off a bear because it was trying to attack his puppies. And it came in through this like garage door, not like a mechanical garage door, but like an actual door to the garage. And he was able to like basically just get really low and like fight it back. And then he had like a bench that he just shoved in front of the doorway and then pushed on it. And the bear couldn't get through and gave up. I don't want to say bear, but like watching that video, I'm like, if the adrenaline kicked in, I might be able to do that. Like if I were saving someone, I think I could do that. Yeah. That makes me think of uh, Khabib Nurgamit. I can't say his last name. The UFC fighter and how he had videos when he was a kid of wrestling bears, because that's what you do in Russia. Yeah. But. I mean, he would literally handle a bear in a in a wrestling match as a kid. Not a, it's obviously a bear cub. Something about his size, probably a little bigger than him, honestly. Yeah, yeah, probably. He could he learned how to wrestle a bear. That's insane. Yeah. But uh, a full size bear, the no way. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to take a full size bear no for way. sure. No. no, those way. things are huge and so powerful. Yeah, I mean. I don't I don't think I could take a deer. I've seen deer. I've seen how fast they are. I've seen how strong they are. I wouldn't say I could take a deer. Um I I really don't know outside of a giant tortoise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I could do a deer. But wouldn't it be kind of fun to fight a kangaroo though? I don't can, think so. They Those can uh, they box a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. it seems like it'd be a fun match. I feel like they bite too. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, everything needs to be above board. I, I don't want to get bit. I don't want to get spit on. You know, I don't. I don't want my eyes poked. None of that. So maybe a, an upright fighter like a kangaroo that would be dangerous. Or maybe maybe a boar. I could probably take a boar. Oh, like ah, those tusks are bad. That's true. They do have tusks. That would be scary. Yeah, maybe a, maybe like a pig. A pig, yeah, a big pig. I could take a big pig. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not even a big up. one. Yeah. Maybe like, because <laughs> they get pretty huge. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. We're like going down the food chain, realizing <laughs> yeah. that no, maybe that ain't. Maybe I'm not that tough. Yeah. I don't know, man. Those guys can fight like their lives depend on it, and I don't know if I'd be willing to do that with an. With the pig, you know? That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Well. Let's just not fight animals. Yeah, no. I'm not planning on it. (laughs) (sighs) Well, that was fun. (laughs) That's where that went. All right. Giant turtle, though. It's like cow tipping, but a turtle. Yeah, I'm pretty confident in that one. Fair. Yeah, let's end that right there. Okay. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Sunny and PHX. What animal would you want to fight? Actually, don't even tell me because <laughs> like I, I, we don't. Did we just promote fighting animals on no, our podcast? No, no, it's we're talking about self-defense. If an animal okay, attacks okay. you, you have to defend yourself. <laughs> OK, I feel better now. Yeah, let us know. If an animal attacked you, how big of an animal do you think you could fend off? Um, In a fair fight, you know? Nothing cheap. How big? (laughs) (laughs) I've said a lot of questionable things to end this episode, but it's okay. Thanks for tuning in, Go Suns. Go Suns.